You know, as I was preparing for today, um, preparing for this morning, preparing for the evening, what I loved was the fact that this morning, before I started to minister the Word of God and what God wanted me to speak on, there was a song that was sang, sung that was exactly where God wanted us to go. And then tonight as I'm standing there worshipping, with what I prepared, there's a song that was sung exactly where God wants it to go. You know, God moves in a powerful way. And I want to say to the youth, you had an incredible encounter with God. And God did amazing things. And he became and he touched your hearts and your lives. And we heard an absolute privilege of being able to hear three young people share their experiences of what God was doing in and through their life. And powerful they were. And we actually could have stopped right there and gone, you know what, I've got enough. I'm going home. But as I heard, what I heard coming out of your mouth was a cry that we need to go out and do more. We need to walk out of here and begin to minister the gospel around. We heard from your mouth that God wants to do an even greater thing in and through you. We heard from your mouth that you wanted to go and tell your friends about who God is and what God can do in their life. And the truth is that if an encounter only stays at a camp, it's going to do nothing. See, the experience with the Holy Spirit is not just about us. It's about what's going to happen for the future and what's going to take place. What I want to speak to you tonight on is the encounter with the Holy Spirit. What does it do? Why do we have it? How does the momentum start? I don't know about you, but this movement that we're a part of, you're a part of Acts. Sure, you're Activate. And that's an awesome name. But you actually belong to a family that isn't just a family in this nation, but it's in the family that is across the world, the globe. Did you know you are a part of a denomination that is in a hundred nations of the world? Did you know that they're in Africa, in Nigeria is a church building that fits a hundred thousand people in it that belongs to your movement? Did you know that when we were birthed, we were birthed out of a revival that started in 1904 and 1905 in Wales. And it started with a group of people that met before the Father in heaven and said, do something. Holy Spirit, consume me, put a fire in me so I can go out and do what I'm called to do. Did you know that? Did you know that there is greater? The sad part is, that when our movement began in Australia and in New Zealand in 1930 to 1939, there were revivals throughout our nation that saw hundreds of people come to know Jesus Christ, hundreds that were saved. 50 churches were birthed in nine years. Did you know that in your nation the same thing happened with the same group of men that came to Australia, that came to New Zealand and something happened? The sad part is, for a while now, we've all sat back and we've sung the song, Holy Spirit, come, consume me. Consuming fire, take over. And we've had our experiences at camps and God's done something. 
but we haven't risen up and decided to do what we really are told to do. See, the momentum has stopped. In our nation in Australia, Christianity has plateaued. Oh, Jesus, help us. In your nation, it's pretty much the same. So what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do? You've had an experience. I want more. And for you that maybe haven't had an experience for a while, who feels stuck, who are like, Holy Spirit, come and consume me. I want what the youth had. I want you to do something in me. I want to feel the fire burning within my soul again so I can walk out of here and see people coming. No, Jesus, do something. There has to come a desperation within us that cries out, Holy Spirit, change my life. Do something within me that can change me forever so I can see the Kingdom of God moving in this nation and the nations of the world. See, momentum in the dictionary means the force that keeps an object moving or keeps an event developing after it has started. God's calling us for more. If we go to Acts chapter 2, we look in Acts chapter 2, but just before that, we see that here's Jesus and he's been with his disciples and he says to them, hey boys, it's been really good being with you. And you know what? You've walked with me for three years. And you've seen extraordinary things take place. You've seen Lazarus come back to life. You've seen miracles. You've seen demons flee. I've sent you out two by two and you've seen things happening around. But I'm not going to be here anymore. I'm going back to be with my Father in heaven. But what I'm going to do for you is I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit to be your guide, to be the one that empowers you, to anoint you, to send you out to do what you're called to do. But what I want you to stop for a moment, they didn't know what the Holy Spirit was. They didn't know who He was. So when Jesus was gone, there's the disciples, the apostles, with all of them, the 120 believers sitting in an upper room crying out we've got to do this what are we going to do and start to believe that the one that Jesus said would come would come and when we look in Acts chapter 2 and we read the start of that chapter it says on the day of Pentecost all the believers were meeting together in one place suddenly I love the word suddenly It said, suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames of tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other language as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Suddenly, at the camp you had suddenlies. You had a suddenly the power of the Holy Spirit came upon you. A lot of you in this room have had suddenlies. But what have we done with the suddenlies? Have we risen up and decided the suddenlies come upon me? I'm not going to stand back. I'm going to rise up and I'm going to go forward. 
see, when this suddenly hit in the upper room, there was so much commotion, so much weirdness, craziness. I don't care if people call me weird because I'm a Christian. Because I am weird. Because I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit to do what He's asking me to do. And it was crazy. So much so that the people on the outside were going, there's something really wrong up there. They're all drunk. They're crazy. It's nine o'clock in the morning. And then Peter, he gets up and it says that when he stood up, he went to to where they were and he yelled out, hey, we're not drunk. And then all of a sudden, the Scripture says, he starts to speak to them powerfully. And at the end of his sermon, 3,000 people came to know Jesus. See what the suddenly can do? See what the suddenly can do to us and empower us to go forward and do what God's asking us to do? We need the suddenlies. We need the empowering of the Holy Spirit. We need it to come and grasp a hold of us and be filled within us so that as we step up and walk out, our suddenly turns into something that will cause a momentum to start again. Oh, Jesus, bring a momentum. Bring them, Lord. But when we cry out, bring them, we have a responsibility to go. See, the apostles and the 120 got up and they started to do what the Holy Spirit had commanded them to do. If you look, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and from that moment, momentum began. When you keep reading in chapter 2 in verse 41, 3,000 were added to the church in one day. By chapter 4, verse 4, 5,000 men plus women and children had been added since the encounter. By chapter 6, verse 1, it says they had rapidly multiplied. In verse 7, the believers had greatly increased. I would say this was a huge momentum, wouldn't you? But how? How? By the empowering of the Holy Spirit. Peter and John, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. What happened? He went leaping and praising God. And I believe many believers came to know Christ. Well, they weren't believers until they came to know Christ. But many came to know Jesus because of the encounter. The momentum began. It says, momentum, it says, the force that keeps an object moving or keeps an event developing after it's started. What should happen to us with the encounter? A second key, a first key was that Holy Spirit comes upon you. The second key is to step out in boldness with what he has. Okay, we've had an encounter. It's time to step out in boldness. Don't be afraid. God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but of love, power, sound mind. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. It starts to take a hold of you. And what happens is you begin to walk along and suddenly, there it is again, there's a power and anointing and a boldness that comes upon you. 
Where's that beautiful girl who said she wants to go back to her school? Honey, you're not just going to go back to your school. God's done something in you for the future as well. And there is an empowering that's come upon you that is not just for the now or for the moment, but it is for what God is going to do in and through your life. And as you trust in Him and as you put your faith in Him and as you say, here I am, holy and available, sure, your introvertedness will still be part of who you are, but you will not be introvert when you stand up and declare the name of God. For as you declare the name of God, there will come a boldness upon you, a boldness as a a lion, and you will walk into a room and people will stop and they will look at you and when you speak they will make notice and they will do what you are saying to do because there will come an authority and anointing that comes from you for what God did for you at this camp is a marking of what He's going to do in and through you for the rest of your life you know when I was 15 years old I was at a camp and I remember the speaker saying something and I was a girl that just went, okay, I don't want to follow Jesus for my mum and dad or anybody else. I'm following Jesus for me. And it was in that encounter that I ran to the front. I was the first one up the front and the last one to be prayed for. What is that? But as I stood and I just said, Holy Spirit, I give you my life tonight. The power of God came on me. I was on the ground for an hour and a half and I was having an encounter. And in that encounter, I said, Jesus, you've got my life for the rest of your life, for the rest of my life. I will do whatever you ask and I'll go wherever you want me to go. And that's exactly what I've done from the age of 15. And I've allowed the powering and the empowering of the Holy Spirit. Am I perfect? No. Have I done things that I, that I shouldn't have done? Yes. But I'll tell you, my heart for Jesus has never changed. And so what I want to say to each and every one of you is, come on, rise up, be more determined. Be desperate for God to do greater things in your life. No one is exempt. It doesn't matter how young or how old you are. There is something that can happen within us when the suddenly takes over, when the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon us. When it comes to touch our hearts and our lives, something can happen. It's a desperation that needs to rise up within us. It's not about us. It's about the kingdom. When the disciples, the apostles, the 120 had an encounter, they knew that that was what would cause them to rise up and go forward. They devoted themselves in chapter 2, verse 42 to 47. I'm not going to read it, but they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They wanted to learn. Come on, get into the Word. What are you doing about it? Are you picking this up? Do you love it? Do you? Do you really love it? Because this is what changes our life. This is what changes my life. When things aren't going the way they are, when I have stinking thinking, it's this that changes me. It's in the Word. They devoted themselves to fellowship. Don't forsake the gathering together. They prayed. If we're going to see momentum, we've got to pray. That's what happened 
when our movement was birthed, it was a group of people who sat in a room and believed that God could enable them to belt the globe with the gospel. And we went from nation to nation. Come on, can we see it again? You know what? My grandfather was one of those men that came from Wales to start a movement and movements in the world. He was 19 years old. Who's 19 and under? Come on, what's wrong? What are you going to do? You're going to get on a ship? That's what he did. Got on a ship for four months, left his family, everything. I'm not asking you to do that. Don't panic, parents. But what I'm saying is, don't think you're too young to start something. Don't think you're too old. There's no excuse. It's when the empowering of the Holy Spirit takes over that a desire and a want is to see things happening. They shed everything they had. They sold their property and possessions to help people in need. They worshipped together. It doesn't say in the Word that they just prayed, encouraged, studied. The Word, it says they shared everything they had as well. See, we're blessed in this country. But what are we going to do with it? What are we going to do? You want to see momentum? You want to see this church filled to overflowing many, many times over? Then what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Sometimes I think we sit on our seats in church and we worship God. We say, Lord, will you cause a revival? Will you bring them through the doors? And what does he say? No, go out and help me. I've called you. I can do it. But I want you to rise up. Come on. Who are you speaking to? Who are your friends? I don't know your friends. I'll never know your friends. You're the only one that knows your friends. You're the only one. What happens if there's no one else? That's the desperation we need, but we can only do it when we're empowered, when we have the suddenly, that something happens within us that causes us to rise up with a boldness and a strength and an authority to go out and say, you know what? I believe that my King is real. I believe Jesus is alive. I believe and I'm not ashamed of the Gospel and I will spread the Gospel wherever I go. And I am wanting to see people come to know Jesus. It's not my job to bring them to Jesus, but I do have a responsibility to share the Word and to water it. And so when we're empowered, that's what happens when the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon us. But let me say, when we are being empowered and go out, there will come persecution. Don't be surprised this week if you've had an encounter that things will come to try and take that away. But when we're prepared and we know it's going to come, we rejoice in it. Woohoo, the enemy thinks he's tough. Uh uh-uh, uh, not on my shift. You know? So when the things come to say, oh, you know that encounter you had at the camp? Or you know that encounter that God did for you tonight? You know what? It wasn't real. And then the things come against you. This is what you say. It was real. There was an empowering and the enemy is under my feet and he will not destroy what I know he wants to do in and through my life. It's a rising up with an authority and a power within you that says God has enabled me 
to be all that I am called to be. In Acts chapter 4, verse 24 to 30, it talks about the apostles and the believers were going through persecution. But right at the end in verse 31, it says that they came together in 30, stretch out your hand with healing power, many miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. This is their cry. And then 31 it says, and after this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And then they preached the word of God with boldness. In the middle of persecution, they came together. They began to pray and the Holy Spirit came upon them again, shook them and they got up with boldness. When things come against us, let's not cower away from it. Let's push it up into the principalities and powers. And let's say, whatever comes my way, Jesus, I will not turn from you. Back in the early 1900s in India, there was a man who got saved through a Baptist minister who had gone in to start pioneering some work but he'd gone into a village where they were not believing in God at all and there was a lot of hostility but there was one man and his family who came to Jesus now the village were really angry the they wanted to stop this they did not want him to declare this so they stood the man the village um chief stood him up and said to the man you deny Christ right now or I will kill your sons and the man said I have decided to follow Jesus no turning back at that moment the village um, chief said kill them and the two sons were killed in front of him this is a true story and the chief turned and said to this man again if you do not deny Christ, your wife is next. And this man stood and he said, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. And they killed his wife. And then they looked at him and he said, I will not turn back. And as they went to kill him, he said, the cross before me. No turning back. And he was killed. That song was birthed. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Once that man was killed, the chief turned and said, what kind of a God is this that the man would give up his family and his life for? And from that moment on, he fell to his knees and started to weep. And not just him was saved, but the whole village was saved. And the echo went out. There was something when someone stood up with the power of the Holy Spirit that said, no turning back. I've decided to follow Jesus. Nothing will hinder me. Nothing will stop me. And his life caused momentum from that day on. And many, many, many people's lives were saved. What are we going to do about it? We have a responsibility. I've been crying out for a move of God. But I realise the move has to happen in me first. That I have to understand what I have 
and the power and the authority that is given to me when I allow the Holy Spirit to take over. So once they finish praying, it's set. The place shook and they're all filled with the Holy Spirit. So much was achieved in the early days because of the encounters. But right now, I believe something wants to be achieved because God wants to do more. He wants to do more. Prophetically, I want to say to this church that you're about to shake like you've never shaken before. That the power of the Holy Spirit is about to come into this place in a fresh and a new way. For there has been a move that has been stirring. There has been things that are happening. There has been a shift in the atmosphere. And a lot of you have felt the shift and you have started to say something's happening, something's happening, something's happening. But the Holy Spirit wants to say that He's about to shake this place and shake it good. And as He shakes it, you will realise that the power of the Holy Spirit is flowing through here. And many people's lives will be changed and suddenly even mindsets will be different suddenly people will realise that it's not about what they believe or what they think but it's what the power of the Holy Spirit wants to do in and through them, there will be a rising up of an army, I'm spitting everywhere there is a rising up of an army that will go forward out of this place and you will see a flood of people coming to know Jesus. Jay, I believe you're going to lead the team. It doesn't matter how young you are. There is something that God has placed on your life that is so powerful and so anointed. And you have been anointed for such a time as this. And as you rise up in who you are and what you have on your life, many people are going to come and they're going to say, Jay, teach us, teach us what to do. Teach us how to go forward. Teach us how to go and, and begin to speak the name of Jesus. And as you begin to speak the name of Jesus, lives will be healed as they already have been. And lives will be changed as they already have been. But you have seen nothing yet for there will be multitudes upon multitudes upon multitudes that will come because of their heart that you have and because of the anointing that's on your life and because what you have been gifted with. But you will not keep it to yourself. You will have an army that will walk with you and there will be an army that will go out of this place and watch and see what is going to happen because something phenomenal will take place in and through you and the ones that God has called to be beside you. But it will not just be the young for you're going to attract the older people and they will come and they will say, Jay, show us. And as you teach them, as you show them, they will start to see the dreams and the visions realised. For many have had dreams and visions but have never been enabled to see that come to pass. But they will see it because of the power of God that is coming to this house in a fresher and a greater way. And Sheridan and Jan, God's about to do something even greater in both of your lives.
For you have known a stirring, a stirring that has come so deep and so great. You have known a stirring of where you have cried out and you've said, God, we want more. We want more. We want more. We're not happy where we're at. There has been a desperation that says, God, God, do something. Change something. We don't want to do life where people are not coming to know you as their Lord and their Saviour. We want to see breakthrough. We want to see lives change. And the Lord has heard your cry and He would say to you that there is coming an even greater anointing upon you and as you both stand in the presence of the people the power of the Holy Spirit will come through you and it will touch many lives and many people will walk into this place they will have um, illness in their body and as you speak instantly there will be miracles there will be people who do not know God that just walk randomly into this building and as you speak Instantly they will find Jesus. For there is coming a greater anointing and authority in and through you that you have not experienced yet. You have been desperate for it. You have wanted it. You have cried out for it. But you have said, God, can this suddenly happen with us? You have even said, can I not be like a Smith's Wigglesworth? Can I not be that man that you can use, God? And God says, I've heard your cry and your heart's desire is so strong. And I would say to you that I will use you in a greater way than you could ever dream or imagine. For you have seen nothing yet, says the Lord. For you are right in your prime time. This is the time where he's going to open it up. Get ready for the expansion. Get ready for the greater. Get ready and dream bigger than you've ever dreamed before, says the Lord. For you're a big dreamer, but God says you have not dreamed big enough yet. For I'm about to even greater. And together you will be used in a more powerful way than you even thought it could be possible.